Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Podcast. My name is Delia Ng and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Every marriage is unique because it is a union of two unique individuals who are different from each other. They have different upbringing, different values and different opinions. While opposites may attract, differences between a couple can lead to misunderstandings and conflicts. But are conflicts necessarily unhealthy? Should conflicts be avoided at all costs and can any good come out from disagreements in a marriage? How can we have a healthy perspective towards conflict and rebuild a relationship after a stormy clash. With me in the studio today, we have husband and wife duo, Nelson and Gina. Welcome to the Paranet Podcast, Nelson and Gina. To start us off, please introduce yourselves to our audience. Tell us how long you've been married and how many children you have. Hi everyone, I'm Gina. Glad to be here with all of you. So how long we've been married? Um, in another two months, we would have been married for 13 years. We have uh, three precious children here with us here on earth and two more in heaven. Our eldest daughter is eight years old this year. Next is our son, who is six years old. And our youngest daughter has just turned five a few weeks ago. Wow, exciting. So share with us, uh, how do you met each other and what attracted you to each other? Hi everyone, I'm Nelson. Well, we met in church and uh, I was 16 then. Gina was 12 so whenever I share this story, especially in school where I work, uh, the boys would usually respond by saying, Oh, sir, you pray on the young girl. <laughs> yeah, but we met in church and we met in a youth group and we were good friends uh, for probably about 16 years before we became a couple and got married. Wow, that's a really long journey that you've shared. And I really wonder if it attracted you to each other. Are there more similarities or differences in your personalities? I think we are not very different in our personalities. We do have uh, similarities and similar interests, but definitely just like how every individual is unique, right? We do have our differences as well. For example, in our personality, Nelson is more spontaneous. I'm more of a planner and our sense of time, like his punctuality to him, being punctual means at least five minutes early. I'm more of like a rubber time, like more laid back. <laughs> Particular about being punctual. Yes. And he's, he's definitely more task-oriented. I'm a more relational person. Yeah, in terms of these um, differences, actually, we've had quite a lot of conflicts. Even the ways of doing things as well, we can be quite different. The very common ones, like people talk about how you squeeze a toothpaste and stuff like that. We've had our fair share of that. Even how we put our dishes on our dish rack or hanging our laundry, we have just different ways of doing it. So these are some of the differences that we have. 
I'm really looking forward to your sharing, to share your experience handling conflicts in your marriage. So to set a scene for our listeners, can you please help us understand from your opinion or your experience what a healthy conflict might look like uh, vis-a-vis an unhealthy conflict? And perhaps you can share with us an example that comes to mind. I think for healthy conflict is where perhaps both parties are willing to acknowledge and recognize the issue and also being willing to talk about it and come up with a solution and compare vice versa. Perhaps most people, when you talk about unhealthy conflict, the picture that comes to mind could be screaming and shouting and throwing of pots and pans. Uh, that's a common picture. But being quiet and avoiding the issue, I guess, can be a form of unhealthy conflict too. Mm. So I guess for healthy conflicts would be where both parties, we actually want to talk about it and resolve it in some way, whether it be, you know, coming to a compromise or one person giving in. Well, I think that's a very interesting thing that you highlighted, Nelson, that really sometimes choosing to keep quiet or avoiding the situation or the problem might also result in very unhealthy um, outcomes because things are left unresolved and um, it just continues to be bottled up and unaddressed. Yeah, so in most marriages, we find that couples tend to be more different than alike and sometimes these differences between individuals can inevitably lead to misunderstandings and arguments when they do not see eye to eye on an issue. And actually, all of us have our own ways of managing conflicts. I I do hear already between the two of you, you know, one is more task-based, another one's more relational. And really, depending on our conflict management styles, um, we would have different responses um, to the situations we would encounter. Share with us, what are your conflict management styles? And were there any times where you saw that the differences in your conflict management styles have made it easier or harder to resolve conflicts? Okay, in terms of conflict resolution styles, uh, I guess some people have heard of this whole analogy of the hedgehog and a rhino. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of a hedgehog, and Gina's more of a rhino, surprisingly. Uh, I mean, not that Gina is very confrontational, but because I'm such a hedgehog, she's being forced to become a rhino. She's more likely to bring up issues and want to address them. Whereas I'm more inclined to be quiet, sort of sweep them under the carpet. Perhaps you can say that because I'm more patient than Gina, uh, I love her more. Maybe she might disagree with me. Yeah, but so that's kind of how we resolve conflicts. It was hard at the beginning because I tend to be quiet, but when issues happen in the past, I tend to just keep quiet and I will not talk about it. But through the years, I've had to learn, I'm still learning how to get in touch with my thoughts, my feelings, and to actually verbalize to her. Many times when we are discussing about an issue, Gina would actually ask me, tell me what are your thoughts? What are you feeling? Don't just keep quiet. I want to know what you're thinking about. And when she asks me those questions, it helps me to process, to actually ask myself, okay, what am I thinking? And to be able to talk to her about it, to address my thoughts, my feelings, perhaps even my point of view about the issue. 
Actually, besides our personality, I think our conflict styles um, is also influenced by our upbringing, how our family dealt with conflicts when we were young. So for Nelson, his family, they don't talk about things. Yeah, and when there are conflicts, it's either very explosive, otherwise the, the issues are not dealt with, things are swept under the carpet. So I think that's why that is also how he relates or he used to. As for me, my own family, um, we were more open in expressing mm. ourselves and having conversations over meals and things like that. So when there is an issue between us um, and I realise it, I would usually be the one who will bring it up. Not in an explosive way, but in a like, hey, I think there's something that we need to talk about. Yeah, and I think it really does take um, patience from both parties. Either Gina to wait for Nelson to be ready to talk and for Nelson to be patient with Gina as well because Gina is probably waiting for a response. But then at the same time, <laughs> but at the yes. same time, you know, being patient to tell Gina, let's give me some time, give me some space, right? Yeah, so I, I and I and I really resonate with that also because my own husband <laughs> uh, would also need a lot of time to really collect his thoughts, cool down from the situation, just be able to not respond out of an emotion or like uh, whether it's anger or frustration, but just really look at this um, objectively. But for me, I really want to address it on the here and now because it makes me feel so uncomfortable when something is in the air and yeah. then we still need to get on with life. Yeah, so I'm also similar to Gina, you know, always wanting to sit down and, hey, you know, let's address this. Yeah. So actually, even after this agreement has been resolved and the stories have been exchanged, right? I believe there may be times where we still feel somehow disconnected from our spouse. As I shared earlier on, sometimes we might feel like there's something in the air that is causing or sort of um, erecting a wall between us. Maybe it's the emotions that we might have felt or words that might have been exchanged that somehow like a defense mechanism, we try to protect ourselves. So Nelson and Gina, do you have any advice that you can share with couples on how they can repair the relationship after a conflict? I think for both parties, there must be that understanding that they are not against each other. The benefit for Gina and myself is we have gone through some training and lessons and learned and from our own experience, we've learned how to see conflicts as an issue and it's, it's not about us. It's about that thing or incident or whatever that might have started a conflict. And when we address or when we do address it, it's not talking about the other person, but it's about this thing. So, so we're on the same side. And at the end of the day, I think we try to still reach out and to love each other and to assure each other that, you know, hey, I, I still love you. I'm still with you. Uh, and it, I need to say that, you know, Gina is really very good in that. Many times you'll assure me, you know, I still love you. I'm still on your side. But we need to talk about this. It doesn't mean that I don't love you anymore. So that helps me in being willing to address the issue and to be willing to repair and heal the relationship. Gina, what do you think about what Nelson has just shared? I agree. <laughs> So in the past, when we were dealing with conflicts, when I bring up certain things, Nelson would get defensive, sometimes even angry when I bring up certain things. And I'll be like, why, why are you angry? Like, I'm trying to help to process this thing or I'm trying to understand you better. I'm not against you. And I think it helps that 
we both understand and we do verbalize to each other that we are committed to each other for life. So we are here to build up each other to strengthen our marriage. And in order to strengthen our marriage, like these conflicts come in and when we learn how to resolve it, we will become stronger because we understand each other better in a deeper level. So I think through the years of um, assuring him and helping him to realise that I'm not against him and that we are in it together, um, facing the issue together and learning to understand each other and how to live together, right? To relate mm. with each other. I think that helped Nelson to feel more secure and assured to be willing to be humble or, or be vulnerable to look at whatever the issue uh, might be. And when that happens, it makes it easier to talk about things and then to resolve it, to be able to see both our parts in that particular issue and to find either a compromise or a solution. Yeah, I think that that is really so powerful, right? Like the promise and the commitment of we are in this together for life and we are here as a team. And we are not fighting each other, but we are really fighting well for the marriage. And I think that is really the epitome of for better, for worse, you know, on our bad days and our good days. I still love you and I choose you over and over again in this marriage. Yeah, so I'd like to hear, you know, Nelson and Gina, what, what do you think are some healthy, some useful tips that we can learn to make up with one another after a fight? I think first of all is communication continue to keep open, honest communication with each other. Um, sometimes we might even have to relook at um, what has been discussed or has been supposedly resolved um, to review it again to see if it has been working out. And if it has, then good, we continue. If it's not, then we might have to look at other alternative um, options or solutions to that particular issue. So being able to be open and honest, to be humble and vulnerable with each other, I think that is um, very important. The other part um, for repairing the relationship would definitely be forgiveness. I think in any relationship, we need to be forgiving towards each other because no one is perfect. We will definitely make mistakes. We will definitely fail each other at some point in our life, no matter how much we love each other because we are imperfect beings. So we need to learn to forgive each other and of course, in saying forgiving, it doesn't mean forgetting. You know, a lot of people um, hear this phrase, forgive and forget. But to be honest, you cannot really forget something, especially if it's something that was really huge, a huge conflict or a deep hurt. You cannot just forget it. But forgiving means that you actually let go of that offence and there is no longer any grudge towards the other person. And that's why it's important that we keep short accounts so that we don't let the issues fester until it becomes so huge that bitterness set in and there are so many layers to forgive, to forgive that you feel that it's impossible anymore. And sometimes common sense is not so common to everyone, especially, you know, when we have different ways of seeing things, seeing the situation. We just need to communicate and to say, and don't be afraid to over-communicate and to clarify, like, are you doing this because, you know, whatever, whatever? Because sometimes we realise that we assume a lot of things and that causes the conflict as well. And Nelson, would you be able to share, like, you know, something from your experience about how you had rebuilt intimacy, whether it's emotional intimacy or, or physical intimacy with Gina after your disagreements? And how does that even look like? I think the main thing, like I mentioned earlier, is that both have the understanding 
that we want to repair the relationship. We want to still build the relationship. And something that Gina mentioned earlier about being humble, I think it's important, especially for the guy. Uh, you know, Gina mentioned early in our relationship when she were to raise up something, I get defensive. And in my defensiveness, I will say things to sort of push the blame to her. Uh, I guess looking back, that's pride in me, you know, not wanting to admit oh, that I'm in the wrong, that I'm at fault. Uh, so I think being humble and acknowledging that, yes, there is a part that I played, uh, I'm in the wrong, being willing to actually ask for forgiveness uh, is key. And also learning how to reach out to, to Gina, for example, learn, learning what her love language, making up to her, spending time with her, talking to her and asking for forgiveness. Yeah, I think that's really key uh, to healing and mending the relationship too. Yeah, I'm really so encouraged by both of your postures of really responding in kindness, choosing to speak with gentleness and just being self-sacrificing even in the situations where usually it might seem it's easier to just put on a defensive front. Yeah, and truly, marriage can be something like a sandpaper for our character, you know, it, the friction and the rough strokes make us feel very uncomfortable. Um, but it's also these things that help to shape and mold us to be better versions of ourselves, a better mm-hmm. spouse for our own partner for life. Before we wrap up today's episode, share with us some words of encouragement. So I would say that conflicts in itself is not bad. When we have the skills and know how to resolve um, conflicts as they arise, um, conflicts actually can help us and give us opportunity to better understand our spouse um, and thereby strengthen our relationship to be even better and stronger than before. The other thing would be that remember you're both on the same team. You're not competitors on two different teams fighting against each other. You're on the same team fighting for each other, fighting for your marriage um, to keep your relationship growing strong and thriving to last a lifetime. I would say communicate, communicate and communicate. I think it's very important to constantly remind each other as well as yourself of your love for each other for your commitment to each other, you know, how it's important to remind ourselves that we love each other. Even though sometimes, perhaps, at a particular moment, you don't really feel loving towards the other person, but being able to verbalise that, hey, I still love you, I'm still committed to you, will help remind yourself to that you are committed to this relationship. Yeah, it's always a choice. Wonderful. Nelson and Gina, thank you so much for being so open to share your lives with much authenticity. And speaking of strengthening relationships, if you are a parent with a child between 11 to 14 years old, we have something special lined up for you during the upcoming school holidays. Come ready to journey with your child as they go from tween to teen. The Select Mission 11 to 14 is a once-in-a-lifetime milestone event to build deeper, stronger connections with their children that will carry into their teenage years. So to find out more, do visit the website at www.family.org.sg slash the select. <laughs>